Welcome to The Personal Beethoven, an intimate look at the man behind the masterpieces, presented by pianist, conductor, composer, and educator, Michael Shertok. And now, Episode 4, Beethoven, Napoleon, and Romanticism. At the turn of the 19th century, the world was truly changing. In Tolstoy's masterpiece, War and Peace, the writer maintains that it's the forces of history, the forces of the actions of the masses, that make a giant like Napoleon. And the tidal forces of history force Napoleon inevitably to do this or to do that, to have triumph or to lose, and not the other way around. But the people of Beethoven's generation probably did not see it that way, and many describe the 19th century as the century of the great world-shaking individual. This philosophy would continue to develop in the 19th century, but was to dash into horrible pieces in the mid-20th century with Adolf Hitler. But still, in the first flashes of Romanticism, much became possible for Beethoven. his predecessors had to behave obsequiously to their betters all their lives, Beethoven's frequent outbursts were often forgiven, and many young descendants of royalty sought out his company and looked to him as an inspiring and heroic presence. What did Beethoven think of Napoleon? Beethoven was fascinated by Napoleon, but like so many in Europe, when the great general declared himself emperor, he was immediately disillusioned with him. He also shared a very typical prejudice against the French in general, something common in the German-speaking world during the Napoleonic Wars. It was a somewhat similar attitude to the German theorists of the late 18th century who included frequent diatribes against Italian musicians and composers. However, in a conversation with a French gentleman who sought an audience with Beethoven during the French occupation of Vienna and managed to thoroughly charm Beethoven, Beethoven actually coyly asked whether or not if he were to meet the great emperor, he would be expected to stand in his presence and as a non-French citizen give Napoleon obeisance. The classical ideals of balance, form, and wit begin to give way in Beethoven's music to other things, big things, power, struggle, tragedy, triumph, and in some of Beethoven's music, to a love and preoccupation with the beauties of nature, with the simple pastoral life. Despite Beethoven's frustrations with Haydn as a teacher, there was a device of Haydn's that Beethoven made considerable use of, 
the sometimes humorous act of inviting the listener into the composer's dilemma within a well-organized piece itself. Oh no, look how I'm lost musically. Ha, watch how I find my way back. Poetry and literature in the Romantic period allowed and even encouraged a focus on the self, on the I. Such focus musically in the mature classical period tended to be witty in nature, say in a fast-moving finale of Haydn, and it could express itself in very intimate slow movements. There were prophetic strains in the Sturm und Drang movement in the mid-1700s and that music of Haydn that looked forward to the massive storms Beethoven would brew, but Beethoven's storms were massive indeed, shockingly so. I think the biggest romantic ideal Beethoven left with composers of the future was the idea of each new symphony, each new quartet, each new sonata as a world entirely unto itself. This is new. Beethoven's relationship with the aristocracy continued to evolve. He was fortunate in one way, in that as his deafness increased and his isolation from society in general also increased, People, including members of the aristocracy, were likely to forgive his outbursts as eccentricities of an aging genius and as simply the result of his disability. Still, considering how many must have realized they were in the presence of one of the great musical minds of all time, Beethoven encountered a great deal of hostility from orchestras in Vienna, largely due to his terrifying fits of conducting. Incidences of his knocking lit candles off of pianos, and even knocking down the choir boys charged with holding those candles safely away from Beethoven. It amused and alarmed onlookers, but his inability to hear the results of his conducting usually led to his replacement at concerts which depressed and humiliated him. During the Napoleonic Wars, Beethoven recklessly floated the idea of leaving Vienna to become the Kapellmeister to a member of the Bonaparte family who declared himself the King of Westphalia. Knowing how things turned out, it is immensely fortunate for Beethoven that this did not happen. However, three princes were sufficiently alarmed at the idea to combine together to create for Beethoven an annual income to guarantee his continued residence in Vienna. But the devaluation of Austrian currency following the wars created significant problems with his agreement. The Congress of Vienna, which followed, brought Beethoven his most spectacular instances of fame and success in the eyes of the world at large, including their royalty, who came together to put Europe back in one piece at the end of 1814 and the beginning of 1815. In addition to presenting his extraordinary Seventh Symphony to virtually all the princes of Europe, he orchestrated a piece titled Wellington's Battle Symphony, which he rightly suspected would excite enthusiasm for him in London. Was Beethoven ultimately a classical or a romantic composer? Philosophically, his love of the idea of brotherhood, 
His frequent assertions of his love and goodwill for humankind and his incredible powers of musical organization make him seem the very capstone of Enlightenment ideals. But his extremes of mood, the explosiveness of his personality, his predilection for jarring sudden dynamic changes, and pushing the extremes of instrumental register make him a leader of the Romantic movement. It has been said that the Viennese classical period was an age of musical rhetoric and the Romantic period became an age of expressive singing, an emphasis that led ultimately to the idea of Wagner's eternal line and denial of resolution nearly to the point of atonality. However, while Wagner traced his lineage to the spectacularly world-embracing Ninth Symphony of Beethoven, other German Romantics like Brahms with more conservative leanings and more reverence for the distant past threw their inspiration from other Beethoven works in which they saw his principal preoccupation with musical ideas as something to be continued as opposed to Wagner's total music drama experiences. Well, that roots Beethoven somehow in the conservative classical wing. The question of whether Beethoven was a classical or a romantic composer is best answered, yes. Next on The Personal Beethoven, Episode 5, Music for Another Time. <laughs> 